I'm Rosie Maddio, and welcome to From Pot to Popular, a new podcast where we interview the media, marketers, and moguls who are mainstreaming cannabis. Welcome to today's episode of Pot to Popular. I'm your host, Rosie Maddio. Today, we're joined by Graham Farrar, co-founder, president, and board of director of Glasshouse Group. Graham is going to join us today to talk about their exciting DSPAC process, as well as the future of California cannabis and how they plan to dominate the country with the world's best quality cannabis. Welcome, Graham. Thanks a lot for having us. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Happy Monday. I'm so excited to have you. There's so much going on with Glasshouse Group, so this is going to be a really fun chat today. But before we get into everything that's happening now, welcome to the show, obviously. I wanted to get a little bit of background here. So you're an accomplished serial entrepreneur and you've been involved in the California cannabis industry since the beginning of the legalization movement. Can you give the listeners a brief overview of the company? Obviously, we want the little elevator pitch for Glasshouse and how your background in science and tech actually led you to cannabis. You always like to have, you know, how, how you got here. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm really a, I'm a tech guy by experience and a cannabis, uh, cannabis lover by passion. Um, so the opportunity to bring those two things together and then do it actually in my hometown of Santa Barbara is almost kind of like, you know, pinch me as this real, real good. Um, it, it's pretty amazing and serendipitous and especially to be here in this uh, time and place in the industry, right, as we're, you know, kind of crossing over from in the, sh- in the shadows to the light and with all the political movement, um, being here in California, obviously California is one of the leaders um, on the cannabis legalization movement, 26 years of uh, medically legal cannabis here, Prop 64 passed back in 2017. Um, so right in there in kind of the 2015 time, I felt like I, uh, I, I could see where things were going. Um, as a, a favorite quote of mine from Martin Luther King Jr. is the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. So I, 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 I was counting on the fact that we were going to get to a more just place and a place where uh, a plant uh, that we've derived a lot of benefit from as a, as a society and species would no longer be illegal because I don't think the natural state of nature is to be illegal. Um, so saw that coming and went full on uh, into cannabis with the founding of Glasshouse Farms. Um, you know, the Glass, Glasshouse Farms then became Glasshouse Group as we put together um, a couple farms. We've got a half a million square feet of licensed and fully operational greenhouse cultivation which makes us the largest or certainly one of the largest uh, greenhouse growers in California, together with our uh, four dispensaries uh, founded on the pharmacy brand. Uh, So we opened up the first ever 21 plus uh, dispensary in the city of Santa Barbara. That was the pharmacy Santa Barbara. And now we have the pharmacy Berkeley and the pharmacy Santa Ana and pottery down in LA. And then combine that with 20,000 square feet of Manufacturing, uh, which is a you know solventless and hydrocarbon manufacturing uh, just up the road in Lompoc, um, and then our brand. So we've got Glasshouse Farms and Forbidden Flowers and Mama Sue Wellness. Uh, Forbidden Flowers is an awesome brand that we've created with Bella Thorne, and Mama Sue is a uh, health and wellness brand with Sue Taylor, who's an awesome seventy-year-old uh, African American uh, cannabis advocate. Uh, it's been really fun working with her. So um, you know, Glasshouse really is a California focused brand. We feel like the Appalachian of California um, matters to consumers. Uh, you know, champagne comes from France, tequila comes from Mexico and cannabis comes from California. Um, and the, the market out there tells us that that's what people want. So our goal is to be the dominant brand in California. Uh, we've got a great team. I could sometimes call us the blue chip California cannabis company. Uh, lots of great background from CPG, as well as the deep uh, depth and passion uh, for the plant itself. And putting those things together is uh, what Glasshouse is all about. 
Yeah, one of my, obviously one of my favorite things that work with you guys is the team, like such a unique, diverse background, but just, you know, best in class operators and, um, and executives. And it's been great to see. And Graham, you've been like pretty open in interviews about, you know, your early passion for, the, for science and cannabis. So I want mm-hmm. to ask you, you know, what role did cannabis play in your life before starting in the industry? And also like to, to take a step back, we're talking about you came from tech. Given your tech background, do you think that's giving you an upper hand in the space? Talk to us about the synergies there. Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, large scale and precision agriculture, which is one of my favorite things, because I think it really plays into uh, quality, um, consistency and cost as well as sustainability. And those are kind of, that's kind of the ethos of our company. You know, we recognize that all of this starts with a plant. And so making sure that we respect that um, and also take care of, you know, mother nature from which the plant comes from, it would be kind of uh, hypocritical or ironic or whatever the right word is to, to, to have an entire business founded on this plant and then not uh, treat its source uh, well. So technology is, is a really big piece and is really critical to precision agriculture, right? I mean, so as, as I mentioned, for Glasshouse, it's quality, consistency, and cost. First, you got to do it great. Then you got to do it great every time. Then you got to do it great every time efficiently or at a low cost uh, so that we can provide a good value to the consumers. Some of the things that technology is the best at is consistency and efficiency, right? So we take the team of people to figure out and define what quality is. And then we use computers and technology to be able to consistently do that very, very efficiently, right? So, you know, I, I kind of, I, as I mentioned, I come from a tech background. Um, Sonos, I was one of the original folks over there for people who know the wireless home audio system. And then before that, software.com, uh, which was a geeky uh, back-end uh, software for um, basically a digital post office for telephone companies right in the beginning of the internet. Uh, both of those companies went public. Both of them uh, d- did very well, but it, it kind of makes me a systems thinker. I think of things almost in, from a software point of view, right? And so every business has at least one biological system. That's the people in it. Uh, call, agriculture and cannabis cultivation happens to have two. You have the people and the plant. But if you think about the plant, it's you can almost think of it like a computer, right? So if you know what you want from the plant, and you can figure out and deduce um, the inputs to give it to get that result, it's actually very consistent. It's not random at all. So first we figure out you know, what we define as quality. Then we figure out what inputs we have to give the plant to get that result. And then we figure out how to very efficiently repeat that result um, over and over again. And you know, computers is, is, is nothing if not good at consistently repeating a result very efficiently. So we use a bunch of technology. Um, you know, climate computers uh, for controlling the climate in the greenhouses, testing uh, data analytics um, all throughout our ecosystem. That also applies to retail too, to make uh, the ecosystem smarter. But we really leverage that to have a low, light footprint on the planet and deliver the highest quality product at lowest possible price. Speaking of, you know, light footprint on the planet, sustainability and community are an integral part of the Glasshouse brand identity, which is incredible. So how are, how are these principles reflected really in the day-to-day business practices? Talk us a little about your sustainability play and why yeah, is that sure. especially important in the cannabis space? Yeah, um, well, I, I mean, I think cannabis as an industry is rooted in compassion and caring, and we want to make sure that we, you know, we don't want to dilute that. We want to amplify that. And we think in the same way around the plant, right? We're not trying to dilute our love for the plant by being bigger. We're trying to amplify our love by allowing more people to have access to it and so, you know, we, get, we give a lot of thought to making sure that the things we do, that efficiency should never come at the, at the cost of quality, right? So, again, quality, consistency, and cost in that order. So, 
uh, we, we keep that in mind with what we do. One of the things I love about sustainability and particularly sustainability with cannabis and agriculture is I think oftentimes people have the perception that sustainability is at odds with good business, right? Like there's a, a tension and you either do things that are good for business or you do sustainability in agriculture and specifically in cannabis, they actually support each other, right? So a sustainable business is an efficient business because it's not using more resources than it needs, right? Resources cost money. So we call, I like to call it the triple bottom line, which is it's good for the planet. It's good for a business and our employees and it's good for the customer, right? And so things like capturing and recycling water is good for the planet because you're not wasting water. You're not polluting, um, you know, the groundwater with nitrogen and things like that. It's good for our business because those are valuable resources. And if we don't waste them, we as a business, our costs are lower and it's good for the consumer because we are able to deliver uh, a higher quality product at a, at a lower price. And so, you know, I, I really like thinking of sustainability as in line with what we're trying to do. We're trying to give the plant precisely what it needs not more because then you're wasting and not less because then you're losing. And so if you think about it like that, then sustainability and cannabis cultivation at Glasshouse at least are very, uh, very much aligned and not opposed to each other. I, I love that. And also like that you often, you know, mentioned that Glasshouse takes this crap at scale approach to cultivation. Can you share what that entails at a micro and a macro level? Actually, what does that really mean? Sure. So, um, you know, I think it all starts with the fact that the reason that we're here is because uh, a bunch of us really love cannabis. We th I think the world is a better place with cannabis. I think that the, you know, the way that we've treated it for the last however many 80 years or whatever is a travesty. Um, I think that the war on drugs is bullshit and was never meant to be a war on drugs, but was truly meant as a war on people and specific people at that and that we need to bring bring that to an end so you know that's that's the roots of where we uh come into this uh, i think that you know we all have endocannabinoid systems uh that's a system that's built for homeostasis which is you know fancy word for balance uh our bodies make endogenous cannabinoids uh cannabis makes phytocannabinoids um we're just starting to learn how a lot of the keys um fit into the locks of our body but i i think it makes you know it, it makes the world a better place so our goal when we came into this was how can we preserve that ethos and mentality on a on a larger scale um, to I mean to start with the service you know an economy the state the size of California California is the fifth largest economy in the planet it's the largest cannabis market by you know more than double the next largest it's almost as big as the next three combined so to be able to bring you know more cannabis the better I guess is the way to say it but that we don't we don't want that to come at a cost of quality. So our idea was take the craft that many of us have been doing for you know 25 plus years and figure out how to scale it up without losing the craft. Um, you know, so an example might be, you know, in the old days I used to go through and I would water each one of my plants one by one with a little wand, right? That's great. But what about when I went on vacation or what about when I was sick or what about, you know, et cetera. And so now what we do is we're able to take that same approach. You get a bunch of really smart people together, agronomists, cannabis lovers, you know, greenhouse operation guys. Uh, they come up with an ideal recipe per strain, per season, um, per, you know, week of the plant's life cycle. And then we can program that into the computer and the computer does it just right every time, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And it can do some awesome things like we have a light influence on our irrigation so that on a cloudy day, you give the plant a little less water because if you gave it the same amount of water that you normally did, it would just 
pass through it and you'd be wasting it. On a sunny day, you give it a little bit more water because if you gave it the same amount of water as on a regular day, you actually would leave something behind because the plant could have photosynthesized um, more nutrients. So we can, we can take everything that we loved as craft farmers and actually make it better, not worse, at the same time that we do it bigger. So again, you know, our goal is not to dumb it down. It's, you know, I think <laughs> I've heard people say that this is big cannabis and I frankly don't think that they have a sense for what big cannabis even looks like. Big cannabis is gonna show up in a suit and have no idea what Proposition 215 meant or what the you know legalization struggle meant and maybe they've never even smoked it and all they're doing is looking at a spreadsheet and trying to think about how to grind out tens of pennies. This, this is, that's not what Glasshouse is about. Glasshouse is about being a, porch bearer of the history of cannabis into the new world of cannabis. And a part of that means being big enough to sustain and high enough quality to have a place uh, in a market that's coming and is gonna look uh, very different than the past. And speaking about the market, like this philosophy is clearly working out well for the team. I think last year, Glasshouse Farms was the second highest flower brand in California, and it rose by a whopping 65 spots in one year. So yeah. it's clear that these products are, are, are resonating with consumers, and obviously it's because of top quality. Do you attribute any marketing campaigns, or what do you think the factors have like really contributed to this meteoric rise? It's been pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're super stoked to see the uh, to see the results. I mean, we've got you know, Glasshouse Farms are like you know six plus years um, that we've been cultivating. First, with our, with our first greenhouse is one hundred fifty thousand square feet, and then we added our second one uh, that was three hundred fifty thousand square feet. So we got about a half million square feet now. Um, and for a long time, we were just doing the wholesale, right, selling it and by the pound um, because we really wanted to get um, that. You know, quality, consistency, and cost. Uh, triangle figured out. Once we felt like we had it, we flipped the switch um, into you know putting it into our jars with our labels on it. And you know, my my goal to the or the direction to the team was you know make it undeniable, right? So make this make this something that you could pay twice as much for indoor, but like you know, can you really tell the difference? Is it worth it? You could save five bucks and get you know outdoor grown, machine trimmed but was that really worth it either, right? And so, you know, I think it wasn't so much marketing. Marketing can get a story out, but marketing can't fix a bad value or, you know, poor quality product, right? Like you, you buy, you don't, you, you buy Nike shoes, not because of the orange box, you buy the Nike shoes because what's inside and the orange box helps you find it, right? Or you don't, you don't buy your Apple iPhone because the packaging's phenomenal. The phenomenal packaging just starts you on your journey with an awesome product. And this needs to be the same. Our, Packaging's good, but it's not the reason people buy it. They buy it for what's inside. And uh, what we have inside uh, is, you know, a great product at a fantastic price. And because we were able to, because we cultivate ourselves, right? We're not buying on the spot market and then trying to have to fit that in. We're cultivating it very efficiently and at a low cost. So when we came to the market, we could say, what's the right price for this? Not, not what's the Excel model say we have to do it as, but if we were a consumer, what would make this undeniable for us? And that's what we did. And the market told us we were right. And, um, you know, we're kind of creating the cost amigos of cannabis for the Whole Foods buyer is sometimes the way that I say it. And, uh, and I think that's a lot of the people, or a lot, what a lot of people out there are looking for. And, and it feels like we hit it. Yeah. And they're looking for, but, you know, California is obviously one of the oldest, most sophisticated markets which also means it's extremely competitive, right? Yep. So it's incredible that you guys have rose number two. 
but it's really like not even enough just to garner the consumer engagement anymore. They have to be like enthusiastic about the brand, right? So how yeah. are you, how are you guys approaching this? Like how does your team think about keeping them enthusiastic um, and keeping them engaged? Yeah, so I mean, I think, and I think you touched on something. California is really interesting. There's this kind of narrative out there that, you know, California is hard and nobody makes money in, Ca in California. And the first part is true. California is hard. Uh, the second part's not true, right? I mean, we're uh, four, four quarters of positive EBITDA now. We are profitably growing uh, California cannabis brands, which is something that, uh, you know, maybe one it's or two. It's pretty unique, people. actually, as we yeah, know. Yeah, right? It's, it's very <laughs> unique. But I think people miss the strategic value of California, right? So California is hyper competitive. We're the very educated consumer. That is what the future is going to look like everywhere, right? California is a free market. That is the way the future is going to look. Um, you know, in a number of states, the accomplishment is getting the license, right? So, and it's a great accomplishment, but you've got the license. Now you're in a quasi-monopoly, you're in a vacuum, you can dominate there. But that's because you're, you and two others or three others or whatever are the only choice, right? It's kind of like, it's kind of like being the best player on your sixth grade soccer team. That doesn't mean you can win the World Cup. Right. California is the World Cup. If you can win in California, you can win everywhere else. The inverse is not true. California, the accomplishment is not getting the license. That's not actually that hard. Um, the accomplishment is creating a product that consumers buy and then buy over and over and over again out of a selection of something like 1600 brands. Right. Like if your goal is to make brands and that is our goal. Right. Then you want to be in a place where you can get competitive feedback. And that's California. Right. California market will tell you when you're right. And more importantly, it will tell you when you're wrong. And if you're trying to make products, you need to know when you're missing the mark or else you can't fix it. If you're in a monopoly, you don't get that feedback. Um, and, uh, and it's pretty tough. So winning right. here is hard. The middle license states, you put it out, people buy it. It's not the same yeah. in California. So if you win right. in California, exactly. you're playing, you best. really won. You really yeah. won. That's right. Yeah, like I said, you know, if you can win in California, you can win everywhere. The inverse is not true. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I want to shift gears a little bit. And this is like a, a fun thing for us to discuss because, you know, we, we got to hang out during this. This year during 420, you guys put on a yeah. hybrid music festival, but, you know, and a virtual greenhouse experience. They were huge hits. Yeah. So just, you know, to give our listeners a little bit of a clue, will you guys be collaborating with artists and putting on some events in the future? And also yeah. just like as a follow up to that, what do you think the intersection of cannabis and entertainment will look like in the future, especially once cannabis federally legal? You know, you're in a big entertainment market. How do you guys think about that? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, the marketing team did an awesome job um, for 420. Of course, you know, we all wish we could have been fully in person. We're very happy that as opposed to 420 last year, at least we could be somewhat in person. Uh, it felt so class. real and so normal. I think, you know, we all walked oh, away from that being like, wow, it was life coming back. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness, right? It's like a coming out party. So um, that was the Glasshouse Fest uh, that you're talking about. Um, it was an awesome job. We had a, a small group, COVID safe in person. It was my first live music that I've been to in 14 months, I think. Flying Lotus, uh, one of my favorite bands, saw him originally at Coachella, you know, four or five years ago and had an awesome set there. So I was super stoked that he was the, uh, was the first one. Duckworth, Black Alax, some comedy. Uh, it was really fun. We live streamed the whole thing. Tons of, tons of, uh, of uh, viewers and engagement and positive feedback on it. Um, and again, you know, it was just so music and cannabis is hard to imagine a better fit. And we were so stoked to be able to like at least do something and do something that cool uh, for us and our consumers. And it's really, you know, what the brand's all about is having, you know, feeling good with plants, right? Like if you get down to it. So I think, you know, music and cannabis are about as good a combo uh, as you can find and to help, you know, 
help, help every, you know, be part of everybody's 420 uh, in this way. It was really cool. Um, the virtual greenhouse tour was awesome. Uh, tons of people were in on that. I can't wait till the regulations are relaxed enough that we can give uh, people tours in person, you know, no different than you would go to a winery and do wine tasting. I'm sure it'll come. Um, but I think music and, and art and cannabis are going to be, you know, they've always been tied at the hip. I guess no reason to talk about what's going to happen, but um, we know that. And I think in the future, you're going to see the Live Nations and the AEGs and all those. I mean, cannabis is going to be sitting there right next to alcohol as a healthier, you know, better alternative and, um, you know, no, no place better than at a music uh, event. So I think we'll see it in all the venues uh, in the next, you know, five to 10 years. I can't wait for that. I know like we're, we're all eager to get back to concerts. I told you the, that event uh, breathed some life into me, but when we're able to really, you know, be at real venues with that, uh, with cannabis, it's going to be an amazing day. And just, you know, what it, we it's coming. I'm, I'm on those, a bowl of the, uh, uh, I'm on the board of directors in the Santa Barbara bowl, which is the largest music venue here in Santa Barbara. It's a really amazing place. It's about 4,500, um, uh, seats up in the outdoors in a canyon in the Santa Barbara foothills nice. and we just started announcing shows so we're going to be having shows probably starting at the end of August it's outdoors so it's perfect right. and, uh, and I can't wait Lord Huron's the first one up and uh, you will find me there waiting for the opener to come on I'm not going to miss anything I love that. Well, well, that's exciting. But what's really exciting, what I really want to get to now, is in April, Glasshouse announced it was going public via SPAC after being you know, acquired by Mercer Park. Um, yeah. Do you think the latest M&A momentum in the industry will push lawmakers and investors to further engage in the regulated space? But also, more importantly, let's talk about, you know, the excitement of the SPAC and some of the plans for um, for Glasshouse, you know, with this, uh, you know, blank check company, as they're calling it. Sure. So um, we announced that we were merging with Mercer Park Brand SPAC. And I think it's important to say that because that SPAC, uh, John Sandelman is the main guy behind it. John's also behind AIR, which I think arguably is the maybe not even much of an argument, is the most successful cannabis uh, SPAC to date. Um, if, if, if we at Glasshouse were sellers, I think highly likely that we would have sold to air, but we weren't sellers, right? We have a vision for California. We want to stay um, driving the bus on executing that. So we were looking for a way to raise capital and a large amount of capital to execute on some pretty big uh, visions and build a platform that can become not only dominant in California, but dominant on a national stage as well. And you know, that's all centered around, you know, the tip of the spear on that is brands and CPG products. So two years ago, 2018, long before we'd ever met each other, John Sandelman started the Mercer Park brand SPAC because he had the same vision for a SPAC, which was something that was brand focused. Um, you know, I won't put words in his mouth, but he, he they scoured the country and they realized that brands are all going to come from California or, you know, at least predominantly, right? Like the, we, the California, the consumers already told us the appellation of California matters. You can see it in the illicit market. If you think of that as a focus group on what people want before they can have it, um, it tells you they want California cannabis uh, everywhere. If you go to the illegal, you know, a, a bodega in Soho, Florida's closer, you know, Colorado has been around longer, but they don't stock the shelves with Florida and Colorado products. They stock it with California. So California is where brands for cannabis are going to come from. Mercer Park uh, was focused on brands. Uh, so are we. So we announced uh, that transaction. It'll close uh, June 2nd. So about a month um, from now. And um, then we're going to put it what we have together uh, currently with um, 
the second largest greenhouse in the United States. It will be the largest cannabis greenhouse on the planet. Uh, also the most efficient, most high tech and serendipitously 20 minutes down the road from our current operations. And then we're gonna bring in 17 retail licenses, uh, which will bring us up to 21 stores. Um, we actually just got two more licenses that we're gonna get ready to announce too. So 23 stores by the end of Q1 to 22, which will make us the uh, uh, largest retailer in the state by a factor of two. And so then combining that, you know, quality, consistency and cost uh, platform, uh, you know, that we have with products and into the retail uh, experience is going to allow us to make uh, brands uh, that consumers are going to hopefully love in California. I love it. So, you know, just to wrap up, 2021 has been a pretty incredible year for you guys so far. What are you most excited about in the next year or so? Tell us about the future and what really gets you jazzed. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to execute on this, the the kind of the vision that we put together for this platform of uh, that we think is unique. I mean, this, the new greenhouse is a unicorn, uh, irreplaceable asset uh, combined with, you know, what I think is the best team, certainly in California and quite possibly the country for operating large scale cannabis greenhouses and creating products and building out retail, um, you know, to, to really bring amazing products at fantastic prices to consumers. Is you know that the, this this is a vision that we've been building for you know three years is the first time we you know in 2018 we walked in this greenhouse that we're acquiring for the first time and you know Glasshouse has been around for six years which is not that long but in cannabis or legal cannabis it's kind of the oldest kid in the candy shop so to put all those pieces together um, and execute is going to be amazing I also think we're going to be doing it against the backdrop of uh, immense progress on the political side. You know, we had in the last eight weeks, we had four new states go wreck. It's something like 43 or 45% of Americans now live in a 21 plus recreational cannabis state. Uh, and it's, you know, 46 or something like that out of 50 have either medical or, or adult use access. Uh, Chuck Schumer, the majority leader of the Senate's tweeting out that 420 is a national holiday. Kamala Harris, the lead sponsor of the MORE Act, which would completely deschedule cannabis is now our VP in the deciding vote in the Senate. So, you know, I, I think they'll get something done this year to at least start the process for federal legalization. And if they don't, California is the one place I'd want to be. If they do, then I think our country benefits immensely and it will be a perfect fit for what uh, Glasshouse Group is, uh, is building here in California to go across the country. Uh, Graham, you, you got me excited. I think it was a <laughs> wild year. I can't wait to watch how all this plays out you know, and, and be part of it with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was really fun. And it's me a, a fun couple months ahead for Glasshouse. Can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I really appreciate it.